Welcome to the Ecclesia Global Podcast, where we believe in the sovereign move of the Lord to reform the church and the spheres of society globally. The book of Isaiah, uh, the prophet Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 1, all the way to 8. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. To preach good tidings to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall, somebody say shall, rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks and the sons of the foreigner shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you, somebody say but I, shall be named the priest of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Somebody shout double. And everlasting joy shall be theirs. Zechariah, the 13th chapter, verses 7 through 9 in the New American Standard Bible reads as thus, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, and against the man, my associate, declares the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd that the sheep may be scattered, and I will turn my hand against the little ones. It will come about in all the land, declares the Lord, that two parts in it will be cut off and perish, but the third, somebody say the third, the remnant will be left in it. And I will bring the third part through the fire. Somebody shout the fire. I will refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say they are my people and they will say the Lord is my God. Father, thank you for your word. Do what you do in Jesus name. Amen. The almighty is a God of deliverance and breakthrough. Throughout the scriptures, we see him in his infinite power and strength, enabling his people to persevere amidst monumental opposition. We find him manifesting himself within them as they face incredible obstacles and situations. We see him giving strength and power to contend with the fiercest onslaughts of the enemy. Time and time again, we experience the awesome truth and the reality that our God is a God of deliverance and breakthrough. He is an omnipresent God who knows no geographical, territorial, or spatial limitations. He is the limitless God. Somebody say limitless. Whose presence fills all things. Not only all things, but he fills all. His presence fills all time. Past, present, and future are all tied together and are nothing but a fleeting moment in his hand because he is the ever-present reality who is always constant. God is omnipotent. Shout omnipotent. That means that he knows no weakness, no ineptitude or inability. 
He has never been confronted with a circumstance where he lacked what was needed to engage it head on. He is all powerful. Shout all powerful. More than having all sufficiency of power, all powerful means that he is the absolute source of all power. He is the initiator and the instigator of power. Somebody shout power. power. He is in a class all by himself. And whether you know it or not, all other powers are subjected to him and they bow down to him because our God has power. Shout power one more time. Mankind was originally created in the likeness and image of God. They possessed his divine properties and abilities and attributes, and they walked with him in the cool of the day. They were literally light beings who lived in the realm of the glory of God. Adam and Eve, in their state of perfection, lived in the glory zone. Somebody shout the glory zone. They were covered with glory and they were filled with glory through and through to the extent that they did not even have blood in their veins. They literally had glory in their veins. When they sinned, the glory congealed and it became blood. Somebody say blood. Forensic science and forensic detectives always know when blood was present at a crime scene, even though you've cleaned it up and you've changed the carpet and you use all the bleach that you could buy and you use all of the solvents that you could buy, all they have to do is turn the light off and put a particular solution and it will light up like a Christmas tree somewhere in Times Square. Why? Because the real substance that blood is comprised of is light. Somebody shout glory. Y'all not saying nothing. Y'all sitting here sounding like if you take the molecular structure of light and you slow it down, you get sound. If you slow it down again, you get blood. So sin made them fall short of the glory. This is why God required blood sacrifices to bridge the gap between blood and glory. Jesus shed his blood to return us back to the glory. Say I'm heading to the glory. After his resurrection, when the Lord Jesus was walking with the two men on the road to Emmaus, they did not understand that it was the Lord who was walking and talking with them. He wound up going into the house with them, and it wasn't until the Lord sat down at the table and broke the bread and blessed the bread that their eyes were open to see that, in fact, it was Jesus. And the moment that they recognized that it was Jesus who had walked with them and talked with them and who was sitting down with them having the Lord's Supper, he immediately disappeared. So they ran and went to tell the other believers what had happened. We saw the Lord. He walked with us. He talked with us. He sat down with us to eat. And as they were explaining the experience in the visitation, the Bible records that the Lord appeared to them right in the middle of the conversation. And they began to become afraid. And they were scared, thinking that they were seeing a ghost. But then the Lord Jesus said to them, he said, a spirit does not have flesh and blood like you see I have. They don't have flesh and bones like you see that I have. And he showed them his piercings. And he sat down with them and they ate, the Bible said, broiled fish. Somebody say fit. Perfected man is still flesh and blood, but when man reaches the place of perfection and the corruptible puts on incorruption, the blood is returned back to the pure light of glory. 
It means that Jesus could travel through walls and through time and space at the speed of light. That is, at the speed of the light of the glory that was now running through his veins. Can you imagine sitting there having a conversation and right in the middle of the conversation, the Lord who did not walk through the door and did not come down through the ceiling, did not come up from the basement, all of a sudden just appears. But when you touch him, he has a body just like you and I. Somebody shout the glory of the Lord. That's why when we plead the blood of Jesus, when we make mention of the blood, we're not just talking about red and white blood cells and plasma and platelets, but we are talking about the perfected blood of Jesus Christ. And that perfected blood is the full expression of the light, the life, and the glory of the Almighty God. So I don't know what devil might be trying to harass you, but if you can just see that the blood of Jesus is perfected glory, and begin to plead the blood the devil has to back up off of you the bible declares that we are delivered by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony well how is it that the blood brings deliverance it brings deliverance because the blood is the return to the glory the blood is the return to the presence of God the blood is the return to the pattern and to the blueprint and to what God has said somebody shout the blood of Jesus Somebody shout the blood of Jesus. As he arose, uh, as he got up from the tomb, Mary Magdalene was sitting there weeping and in distress. And she was crying in all kinds of turmoil because uh, the Lord had been taken from her. And he appeared and she recognized immediately, unlike them, that it was him. And she went to grab onto him and he said, no, no, no. Whatever you do, don't touch me because I'm not yet ascended to the Father. I've got to take the blood. Y'all not saying nothing. And I've got to pour it on the mercy seat as the atonement for all that the father has called for in the earth there's something about the blood that it will stop the spirit of death from knocking on your door because I recall in the word of God that through the Passover God had released a judgment and he had cursed them and he had said the death angel was coming through the land and he was going to knock on your door and take every firstborn son but he pulled his nation real close he pulled his covenant people real close he said this is your deliverance he said you got to take the blood and you got to put it on the doorpost there's some situations I feel like preaching that will not change in your life until you can apply the blood there's some deliverances my shakad that you're not going to be able to get until you are able to apply the blood there are some healings that you're not going to get I know they're giving you the best medicine I know you have the best insurance I know that your plan is the absolute top but there's some healings that if the blood of Jesus is not applied you gonna wind up in the grave somebody shout the blood of Jesus it's the only substance in all of creation that can cause the devil to be terrified it's the only substance in all of creation that when it is lifted up before the Lord that he'll look at you in your sinful state and he'll look over you because you've applied the blood somebody shout the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus so in this text Isaiah the prophet of God's holiness is releasing a prophetic word and this prophetic word is antithetical 
to the conditions that are surrounding the nation of Israel. In the midst of their Babylonian captivity, he prophesies deliverance. Somebody say deliverance. Somebody shout deliverance. Ain't that just like God? To look at you in the midst of what you're going through and not even acknowledge that you're going through it. I know. I ain't got no help in here. I said, isn't that just like God? That you done climbed up real good. You done got your good prayer pillow. You got your prayer music. You got your little prayer chair. You got your little prayer blanket. And you going to have a woe is me pity party with Jesus. And you going to list all of the things that you're going through. And you going to cry and to weep over your situation. And right in the midst of your situation, he gives you a word about a whole nother season. He doesn't even acknowledge what you're going through. Somebody shout deliverance. I don't know who I'm preaching to and it might only be one person. But I'm telling you right now, you might as well dry your eyes. You might as well dust yourself off you might as well go back to the mat counter and get you another little pad of makeup because God is not coming into your pity party but right in the midst of what you're dealing with he's going to give you a word that's going to pull you right into the fullness of what he's called over your life it's time for somebody to grow up it's time for somebody to mature you've cried over it long enough you've wept through it long enough you have lamented over it long enough God is speaking a word of deliverance that's about to change your life you better open up your ears and hear what thus saith the Lord he speaks a word that in the midst of their captivity that promises not only deliverance but a deliverer Israel had sinned and they were in trouble with God and they had fallen out of the good graces of God. And because of it, he permitted them to fall into the hands of the Babylonian empire. There is always, somebody shout always, always. a consequence when you refuse to do what the Lord has commanded. I know y'all not going to like that and I'm almost done with this sermon, but I said there's always a consequence when you refuse to do what God has commanded. And I want to talk to a couple of mature believers in here today that can recognize that some of the things that you are going through are your own fault. Because if you can recognize that it was your decision that got you into the bondage, then you can recognize that your same decision has the power to pull you out. I know y'all not going to want to admit it because it's going to cost you too much to admit, yeah, that the captivity that you're in right now, oh, come on, y'all not going to like this. Uh, uh, society and culture wants you to blame it on the white man. I can't get no help in here. I'll just preach to myself. Uh, uh, society wants you to blame it on uh, white privilege and the fact that you're black or you're brown or you're Latino or you're African American but the reality is as it pertains to the righteousness of God it doesn't matter the hell that might be manifesting around you if you do it the way that God said it I, I, I don't know I don't know so nobody believes it like this but the Bible says if God be for me He's more than the world against me. So you can have your white privilege. You can have all of your perks. You can have all of your stuff. But the righteousness of God that is in my life is going to cause me to be planted securely in my place. It's going to cause prosperity to be released in my life. I'm not lined up looking for the government to give me a box of cheese. I'm not lined up looking for y'all to give me a handout. You don't recognize that I'm of another world. The Bible says I'm 
an alien here. Y'all don't like this. I'm a stranger here. This is not my home. I operate from another system. I operate from another kingdom. Back up off of me, devil, because I'm about to get my stuff. We are in a place where we got to tell the truth. Huh? Well, I don't want to pay tithes because I don't know where the money is going. Well, then you're going to be cursed. Because the Bible says, I, oh, see, it, it got tight. Who was with me in, in Jersey? It got flat. Y'all felt, you felt, yeah, the indicator is when you're preaching real good, it gets flat when you start hitting stuff where the people really are. Well, I don't know what they doing with the finances. So I'm going to get my $5 a week till I find out. And guess what you're going to be under? A closed heaven as long as you keep giving that $5. Because your tithe is about your obedience to God. It's not about your investigation as to how it's being dispensed in the ministry. He said that if you bring the tithe, into the storehouse that there may be meat in his house and prove me now herewith save the Lord of hosts if I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing you shall not have room enough to receive and I will rebuke the for your sake so your tithing or not tithing is determining how much of the devourer gets to be rebuked in your life stop setting up counseling meetings if you don't tithe because I can't do nothing about the devourer that God's not going to rebuke your obedience is what puts you in right standing with God. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I got to preach the hell up out of the church. We got a generation of people that don't walk in obedience to God. And they want to look at God and look at the church like there's a problem with the word. But the problem is not in the word of God. The problem is not with what he promised. The problem is with how we choose to disobey. Everybody doesn't know that right where you are you look all good you look primed and proper but in the city of your soul there's a disobedient spirit there's a spirit of rebellion there's a spirit that's contrary to God and we're praying over you trying to get God to give you a breakthrough but your breakthrough won't come until you get in alignment somebody shout obedience, obedience. they don't like hard preaching in Connecticut Jesus we're too sophisticated. I don't need that. Y'all just interrupting the sermon. Somebody say obedience. Obedience, obedience is connected to how much you value your walk with God. Because if you really walk with him, you know better than anybody else the detriment to you being misaligned. Yeah, okay, let me, that was not in there, Jesus. What was the next note? Isaiah prophesies in the midst of their captivity that deliverance is coming. That means you messed up. Somebody say, I messed up. But God is not going to leave you in that predicament. Well, that's a good place to open your mouth and just shout hallelujah. Give me something. That's a good place to shout hallelujah. The Bible says his anger is but for a moment, but his favor 
lasts for a lifetime. I don't know who I'm here to announce this to. I learned, I learned a little bit about how the anointing works. you got to speak some things out. Somebody say, speak it. And so I don't know who I'm here to announce this to, but you have been dealing with the anger of God that lasts for a moment. And it's been a long moment, but he told me to tell somebody. I don't know, Pastor Isaiah, who it is, but you're about to shift from the anger of the Lord to the favor that lasts a lifetime. Somebody open your mouth and give him praise. I'm shifting. Y'all don't like it, but it's true. I'm shifting from anger to favor. I'm shifting from captivity to deliverance. I'm coming from bondage to freedom. Oh, come on. Y'all don't want to preach. Let's have church for a minute. Everything in my life is about to change because I'm coming into alignment, because I'm coming into obedience, because I'm looking for the command. I have my ear to his mouth. I'm trying to find out what thus saith the Lord. Y'all not preaching with me. But as soon as you set your face, just like Daniel the prophet, to understand the mind of God, the Bible records that the angel was sent from heaven with a message. I'm prophesying that the change of your heart has heaven on edge. The repositioning of your spirit has angels being released. You've been in a place of captivity, but now your freedom is about to spring forth. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen, but somebody grab this message in your spirit because everything is about to turn. Everything is about to change. I dare you to spin around three times and prophesy. It's changing now. I said I'm coming from bondage to favor. That's a good place to open your mouth. I'm coming from bondage to favor. From bondage to favor. From bondage to favor. From dilemma to deliverance. From breakdown to breakthrough. From being under to going over. From being the tail to becoming the head. Everything in my life is about to shift. I'm about to step in to my new season. I'm about to move into my new anointing. I'm stepping in to a new realm. Open your mouth and give him a shout. Take your seats. Your salvation, take your seats. Give me a minute. Restores the broken image and likeness of God that we lost in the garden. You are no longer, after salvation, limited by the same limitations of humanity, but you are enabled to return to your right standing in the glory of God. The objective of salvation is not just to give you a home in heaven. The object of salvation is to reposition you as a son of God in the earth that's called to mirror and reflect his image and manifest his glory. Somebody shout glory. glory. Deliverers are those our text in Zechariah prophesied about. Zechariah the prophet was writing about the body of Christ prophetically and predicted that the shepherd would come 
but that the shepherd would be struck and his sheep would be scattered. He says that there is a remnant, though. Somebody shout the remnant. There is a remnant that he would bring through the fire. Now, contextually, Zechariah was prophesying about the coming of the Messiah. And he said that there was going to be a time that the shepherd, that the Messiah would be struck. And the implication of being struck there literally means the threat of death by the sword, that they would come after him to kill him and to destroy him. But that as a result of that experience, that the people who followed him, that they would be scattered, that they would be shaken, that they would be moved, and that some of them would perish and fall away. He said, but yet there would be one third. Somebody shout one third. Somebody shout the remnant. There would be a remnant that God would gather and he would bring through the fire. Whew. Somebody shout the fire. He said that it would be in the fire that he would refine them as silver and he would test them as gold. I'm here to prophesy to somebody else. Somebody say preach prophet. I'm here to prophesy to somebody else that the fire that you have been in is not a fire that's meant to destroy you. I can't get no help in here. That the fire that you are going through right now is not an indication that God has an issue with you. But the fire that you're going through right now is an indication, Elder Ramona, that you are a part of the remnant. Because the prophet prophesied that he's not, oh, y'all not saying nothing to me. Because it would make sense that if only a third of us was left, that he would go and gather us from being scattered. But he doesn't just gather us from being scattered. He takes the remnant that's left and he puts them into the fire. He puts them into a place of refinement. He puts them into a place of testing. I don't know who I'm prophesying to, Brittany Nyblack, but I'm telling you right now that even though you're in the middle of a test and even though you're in the place of the fire, do not jump out of the fire because the intention of God is that the fire is going to refine you and that the gold is going to be processed. And it means that all of the things in you that cannot go to your next level, they're about to come to the top so that the goldsmith can wipe them off and so that the only thing that's going to be left is gold that's been refined in the fire. I don't know who I'm preaching to but right now you're just a gold mess. You're just chemical in, oh God, in motion but if you stay in the fire the fire is going to produce in you the greatest and the purest gold. You've cried out to God for victory and it looks like victory has evaded you. You cried out to God for breakthrough and it looks like all the doors shut down in your face. Somebody shout the remnant is in the fire. Shout the remnant is being refined. Shout the remnant is being tested. But when we come forth, we shall be. Y'all look crazy like a bowl of soggy fruit loops. Let me prophesy to the remnant because there's only a third of any gathering that's included in the remnant. So let me preach to those that have been in the fire, that have been in the test, that have survived the storm, that said, God, I don't know what you're doing. 
but I trust you with what I'm going through. I recall in the word that the Bible declares that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed. That means the fire is getting my blood to come out of congealment and to shift into glory. That means the fire is producing in me an immeasurable amount of glory. Tell your neighbor, burn, baby, burn. Stay in the fire. Stay in the test. Stay in the trial. Stay with what you're going through because God is doing something on the inside. When you come through this, we won't be able to recognize you. When you come out of this, we won't be able to recall you because God is shifting you into another place. Open your mouth. I need to hear the remnant. Give God some praise. I need to hear the remnant. Give God some praise. The remnant praise is different. The remnant praise is different. There's no praise like a praise from the midst of fire. There's no praise like a praise in the middle of a test. There's no praise like the praise in the middle of a tribulation. Somebody give him glory. You've been in a place of the fire. But I'm here to tell you it's not the devil. You done got every, te every teaching on spiritual warfare. You did all the declarations and all the affirmations. Let me find my key. Is that it? Sounds too high. Go lower. A little lower. You did everything that they told you to do. You did the declarations. You read the affirmations. You bound the devil. You came against pride. You came against Jezebel. You bound death and hell. But everything you're going through is still all around you because you've been attributing to the devil the works of God. The devil didn't put you in the fire. The devil didn't throw you in the lion's den. The devil didn't put you in the test. I got news for you that what you've been enduring, I can't get no help. What you've been going through in your life in this season has been the handiwork of God. Somebody look up. Because your redemption is about to draw nigh. You're about to pass the test. You're about to come out of the fire. You ain't praising. I said your season is about to change because the word has power to deliver. The word has power to set free. The Bible declares the truth shall make you free. He whom the Son sets free
is free indeed. I feel the sun walking in the room. He's setting people free. Open your mouth and give God a shout of praise. Gotta let you go. So Zechariah says, because of what they've endured, sit down real quick. What they've endured, he says, God says, they will call me their God. And I will call them my people. After you've come out of the refiner's fire, after you've come through the test, after you have survived the situations that killed the rest of the people who were scattered, he says he's going to enter in to a place of covenant with you. Uh, that don't mean nothing to a lot of people, but for those of us who are anointed, the covenant means everything because it means that God is committed to manifesting a measure of his glory wherever I go. That's what the covenant means. The covenant means that there are certain places that no matter what I say, no matter how I open it up, God's going to show up. Y'all don't like covenant talk. That's all right. That's all right. But this is why, this is why you don't ever have to be moved by people that are hating on you who are not anointed. Because what they're doing is hating on the fact that God has a covenanted responsibility to uphold what he told you to do. And they walking around trying to get stuff off the ground and can't, y'all don't like this, and they can't get nothing off the ground, but all you do is walk in the room and everything changes. Why? It's not because you're good. It's because you've, you went through the process and that you came out of the refiner's fire and because you can be trusted with fire, you can be trusted with glory. So don't hate on me because I survived what tried to kill me. Don't hate on me. Y'all not saying nothing. I know I'm preaching good in here this afternoon. I said, don't hate on me because I made it through what you thought was going to take me out. Because while you were secretly plotting against me, God said, baby, stay in the fire. I know they talking about you, but the next time you go to church, go in there with your head held up high. I know they're gossiping about you. I know they don't like the vision. I know they don't like your leadership. I know they think you're full of yourself, but baby, keep going. Stay in the fire because I'm working on something. When you step out of this, there's going to be a covenant backing you up that whatever you decree, I don't got nobody here that decrees, but whatever you say, I'm going to back it up because you were faithful over a little. Now I'm going to make you ruler over many. You were faithful in the suffering. Now I'm about to set you on top of the world. Who am I preaching to? Open your mouth and give him a praise. Woo! Give him a praise. I got to close. So the prophet Isaiah, and I'm closing. The prophet Isaiah is dealing with a nation in captivity. And they are on lockdown because they disappointed God. 
They're suffering under the hands of Babylonian captivity. Not because God didn't have power to save, but because they disobeyed. But in the midst of the whooping, the prophet begins to prophesy. And he sees, just like Zechariah saw, the Messiah and his kingdom. Now, this is what you got to understand about us, and I'm about to surrender the mic, is that we are the body of Christ. Say, I am the body of Christ. So whatever was on him, y'all not ready. Y'all, uh, uh, he said, not only the works that I do will you do, but what? But greater. Y'all not ready for greater. It's all right. It's all right. I'm going to get you where you at. But he said, greater works. Can I, can I help you right here through this? And can I, can I hurry up and finish? I'm rebuking the spirit of the perpetual identity crisis. Because you're speaking in tongues, but you don't know who you are. I ain't got no help. I said, you over here speaking in tongues, and you don't know who you are. You laying hands on people, and you don't know who you are. You singing on the praise team, and you don't know who you are. But I'm rebuking the spirit of an identity crisis because you've got to recognize that the Bible says that you are seated with Christ. Y'all ain't ready. Seated with Christ in the heavenly places, far above principalities. You better stop thinking that God didn't know what he was doing when he elevated you. You better stop thinking that God didn't know what he was doing when he called you. He didn't seat you to unseat you. Stop acting like you're on the ground and take your seat. If it was on Jesus, it's on me. If he was anointed, I'm anointed. If he can cast out devils in his name, I'll lay hands on the sick. In his name, I'll recover. Open your mouth. Say anoint. Your identity is in Christ. And we put him on. That's not just a coat for the winter. It's a garment of power. Y'all not, not ready, and it's all right. But when I put on Christ, when I'm walking, I don't know, something's dropping. Just lift your hands. I said, when I put on Christ, and I start to walk, with Christ on, like a garment, creation doesn't know whether it's me or Jesus because all it sees, y'all not ready to preach, is the garment of Christ that's covering my weakness, that's covering my humanity, that's covering my ineptitude. I can't preach to you, but I'm telling you now, if you just recognize who you are, if you recognize whose you are, take off your clothes and put on Christ. I, I dare you to put him on. Put him on. Put on power.
Put on strength. Put on ability. Put on wisdom. Put on skill. Put on power. Put on healing. Put on deliverance. Put on omnipotence. Y'all not ready. Put on revelation. Put on power. Put on power. I gotta go. Isaiah said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I can't apologize if he's not on you. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. Oh God, help me here. Huh? Say I'm anointed. What does anointed mean? Anointing means that he took oil to consecrate me and to set me apart and he smeared it into my being to separate me for his use in his service. But when he smeared the oil in me, he didn't ask your permission. When he smeared the oil, he didn't ask about your receipts. When he smeared the oil, he didn't ask what you thought about what I used to be. When he, y'all not gonna preach. When he smeared the oil, he didn't ask about what you saw when you Googled me. But he smeared the oil because he anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the poor. Why are you anointed? I'm anointed to preach. What am I supposed to do? This is the job description of everybody that's anointed. Everybody that has the spirit of the Lord on them. Preach good tidings unto the poor. They're looking for a handout, but silver and gold I do not have, but such as I have, I give unto you in the name, y'all don't want it, of Jesus. Rise up and walk. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. You got a problem with my ability to walk in the anointing, but that doesn't stop the mandate on my life. I've got to heal the brokenhearted. Lift your hands if your heart's ever been crushed. Lift your hands if your heart's ever been broken. I'm anointed to heal your heart, to heal the brokenhearted. You've ever been disappointed? Did they ever reject you? Did they ever abandon you? Did they ever talk junk about you? I'm anointed to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Are you bound in here today? I don't care if it's been 38 years because the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Dejan, I'm announcing liberty to the captive. I decree that every captive be set free. Shamal, lift your hands up and receive this. I said every captive is being set free. 
because the spirit of the Lord is upon he's anointed me to proclaim the opening of the prison to them that are bound you've been locked up in your finances you've been locked up in your relationships you've been locked up in your vision but I got a key in the anointing to set you free to open the prison I dare you to walk out of the prison like the door is open I dare you to shift your economy like the door is open I dare you to move in to your place of deliverance like the door is open I'm anointed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That means the Spirit of God is upon me to announce to you that it is your season. I don't care what the delay has been. I don't care what the holdup has been. But because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, I get to walk in the stead of Christ. I get to move in the authority of Christ. I ain't got no anointed people in here, but somebody that's anointed, I dare you to walk in Christ and go to your neighbor and declare the acceptable year of the Lord. This is your time. This is your season. It's about to work. I can't preach it the way I feel it, but it's about to work this time. You put work into it. You've sold into it. You've had faith for it. This is the season that all your doors are about to open at the same time. I don't know who I'm preaching to. You've been pregnant with multiple births. I'm telling you, get the sternups ready. Get the labor room ready because you're about to push and this time multiple babies are about to come out. I don't know who I'm talking to but this is the acceptable year of the Lord. It is the year of the Lord's favor. It is the year of the vengeance of God. Somebody shout. I'm anointed by the Spirit of God to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy has got to come in the morning because the Spirit of God is upon me. I announce to you that even though you're mourning, I'm trying to stay down, but we got to go up even though you're mourning, even though you're weeping, pass out some tissue, get you a handkerchief, because I'm here to speak a word of comfort and to let you know that your mourning is about to come. Your joy is about to be filled. I wish I had a praiser. 
that was waiting on the Lord to do something, I need a praiser that's waiting for the joy to come in the morning. This is your morning. This is your morning. This is your morning. To give them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. While I was studying, I began to find out that the garment of praise is not something that you just put on yourself, but it takes one that has the spirit of God and that has been anointed to put the garment on you. I realize it's not just hype. When we get up here and we tell you to praise, we're dressing you in the spirit of praise. We're taking off, y'all not saying nothing, the heavy garment and we're shifting it. Some of you came in heavy. Some of you came in burdened. Some of you came in weary. But I see your hands uplifted. I hear your praise. What happened? The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to give them the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I wish I had seven praisers that could go to dancing. The garment of praise. The garment. The garment. Come on, praisers. Come on, praisers. Change the garment. We lift the spirit of heaviness off of you. We lift the burdens off of you. We lift the yokes off of you. This praise. This praise. you to praise him. I dare you to praise him. I double the door dare you. that they may be called the trees of righteousness 
Y'all, this changed my whole theology. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they may be called the trees of righteousness. You mean me praising deals with everything that makes me unrighteous? That after I put on the garment of praise, God calls me a tree of righteousness? That ain't going to help nobody but people that ever been stuck in a dilemma. I'm telling you to praise your way out of it. Praise right there. Praise, praise, praise. You coming from a garment of praise to a tree. That means the root of righteousness is going deep in the ground. That's it, Lamont. Oh, I feel something pushing. I feel something pushing. I take Shekai. 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 I feel something pushing. I said you're a tree of righteousness. A tree of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. The planting of the Lord. Who did it? God did it. 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 praise him. You better praise him. You better praise him. You better praise him. Put your hands together. Your praise brings you out of everything that has made you unrighteous. You better praise him. What you doing? Changing garment. What you doing? I'm being planted by the Lord. I'm being planted. I'm being planted. I'm being planted by the Lord. I'm being planted. Somebody praise him.
being planted. There's another wave. There's another wave. They may be, keep saying it, I'm done. Woo! Go ahead, praisers. This is your moment. Nobody knows how long it took you to get to this place of praise. Go ahead and give it to them. The sacrifice of praise. listen to the rest of the prophecy. We might have to dance again after this. It says, they'll be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. That means God is getting glory and me going through my process. Listen, y'all. Look at me. You better stop hating what you've gone through. If you hadn't gone through all of that, God's glory would be diminished. It's easy if you've never, ever, ever tripped up to walk a straight line. But if you come from disorder, dysfunction, and crazy, and you have learned to shaka how to take crazy and make crazy walk straight, how to take dysfunction and make it behave, how to take molestation and put it in holiness. The Bible says like a tree, you're going to stand by the rivers of water that cannot be moved. You better pray. Praise. The planting of the Lord. The planting of the Lord. That he may be glorified. 
We survived to give you glory. We went through to give you glory. I gotta go. I've been preaching too long. So you gotta stop hating your history. You gotta stop hating it. <laughs> it stinks. It's ugly. It's disastrous, but it brought you to where you are. It's not about where you've been, it's about where you're going. Where I've been don't look nothing like where I'm headed. That's why I can praise him. Because I went from where I was to being planted as a tree of righteousness. All of y'all with memory call, memory recall, God bless you. But if you look at me now, all you see is leaves that are for the healing of the nations. Because I'm a tree planted by the Lord. Y'all know, I, 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 I ain't got no help. All you see, if you look right now, is a tree planted by the Lord that's standing as a tree of righteousness. So believe the propaganda all you want. But the only thing that matters is how he sees me. And when he looks at me, he says, you all right with me. I ain't got no overcomers. Y'all better help her praise him. Give her 30 seconds. Now watch, now the result of all of this, Holy Spirit is upon me because he's anointed me. I gotta do my work, comfort those that are mourning, give them the oil of joy, garment of praise, the spirit of heaviness, heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, open the prison doors to them that are bound. Huh. That sounds like the Holy Ghost is anointing somebody. Huh? Well get it, just get under it. Just get under it. Just get under it. Get under it. Get under it. the anointing for your future. That's the anointing for your future. That's the anointing for future miracles, for future breakthroughs, for future. Can I prophesy for a minute? Get under it. Father, we open the heavens with the key. 
Rebeketo, Sopedanando Ketaha, Lesheketoko Hotel, Retatoko Pate, Sepatekato Rabake. Wait. He said, I got to go. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. You thought that the devastation that happened in your life was going to remain. You thought that missed opportunity at that job making six figures locked you up for the rest of your life. You thought that divorce was going to be a stigma on you for the rest of your life. They shall rebuild the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. Can Isaiah prophesy? They shall repair the ruined cities. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me when I get anointed, God's just going to give me a city? I don't got nobody that believes it. Come on, Sharice, you believe it with me. I don't want to be in Connecticut. Then you're not anointed. Because he only puts anointing. Well, am I in this Bible? He only puts anointing in places where ruins have to be rebuilt. Where former desolations have to be raised up again. Where ruined cities have to be repaired. I ain't talking to nobody. You've been looking for signs, wonders, and miracles. Stop despising the ruined place you're in and tap into the anointing and rebuild. Wait. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. Come nations. Come financiers. I don't even know you, but take care of my flocks. You're a stranger to me. That means we don't have intimate fellowship or connection. But this Bible says you got to write the check. I don't got nobody in here believing with me, but that's all right. I believe by myself. I said you're a stranger, but you've been assigned to nourish and supply whatever I need. Why? Not because I'm great, but because I'm anointed. And the sons of the foreigner shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. Not only are you coming to take care of me, but it's a multi-generational breakthrough. Bring your children with you because they got an assignment to make sure that everything I need is taken care of. You. Wait. And you shall be named priests of the Lord and shall be called servants of the Most High God. I'm a priest of the Lord, a priest. Shannon, if I'm a priest, it means I have access because only the priest could go into the holies of holies. 
Y'all not ready for the priesthood of the believer. You're not ready. The servant of the most high, that means I'm his minister. It means I stand in his stead. So as a priest, I come in. I come as close as you can get. But as a minister, I stand in the courts and I judge in his place. You're not ready to grow up, but this is the assignment for the anointed. I see angels in here. Lift your hands. Open your mouth. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray. Open your mouth. Pray in the spirit. We're transacting. Come on, open your mouth and pray in the Holy Ghost. Father, we remove the limitations off of this region. We release the blood of Jesus to demolish the encampment and entrapments of the satanic kingdom. This house prospers. This house expands. This house grows. This house excels. This house takes the high ground. Come on, open your mouth. Come on, open, 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 open. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. And that word there literally means nations. You shall eat the riches of the nations. That means I'm going into the wealthy. I shall eat the riches of the nations. I'm going to Saudi Arabia. I'm going to sit at the king's table. He's going to give me a billion dollars, U.S. dollars, and he's not going to know why. But it's because Isaiah prophesied that because of the anointing, And in their glory, the glory of the nations, I shall boast. And that means you did all the work, but I'm going to get the credit. You built an entire nation, but I'm going to get the credit. I get to boast in what the nations have done, like I did it. Because of the anointing. Wait, says, watch this, I'm not, instead of your shame, you shall have double honor 
thank you for talking about my shame. Because you just created an audience for my double honor. I already going to have people sitting there waiting to see what's going to happen. So you talked about me. Hey, shaka! You talked about me in shame. But all you did was pull up a seat to the table so that you can see me with double honor. Double honor. I gotta go, I gotta get out of here. Instead of confusion, anybody ever been confused? You shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land they shall possess double and everlasting joy shall be theirs. So the anointing on your life is not for goosebumps in good church. The anointing on your life has to culminate in the nation serving you. Because what was on Christ is on you. Open your mouth. Just your voices. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. I'm anointing it. I'm anointing it. I'm anointing it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me. Because He set me apart. Father, sanctify this. you're anointing it. Because you're anointing it. Is there anyone here that needs to get saved, needs to give their life to the Lord? Needs to give their life to the Lord. Backsliders that need to be reclaimed. You got to make the confession. You got to believe in your heart. You got to confess with your mouth. But it's not just the ritual of coming to the altar. You can get saved at the drop of a dime. The moment your heart is pierced and convicted as to who he is, you can receive salvation. We have already prayed over the Holy Communion. So I'm going to release you all to come and partake. Father, I release the blessing of the Lord over this people. They will not be bound by the limitations of their past. They will not be labeled or designated by the traumas that have happened in their lives. They are liberated and freed from every apparatus of the kingdom of darkness. Satan has nothing in this people. I decree it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that he has nothing in this people. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening to the Ecclesia Global Podcast where once again, we believe in the sovereign move of the Lord 
to reform the church and the spheres of society globally. We'll see you next time.